It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today we welcome back Chad Dotson. We're going to get you all excited about the 2020 Cincinnati Reds here today on the Locked On Reds podcast. For today's Locked On Reds, I have with me a special treat. Not one, but two people are talking with me today. And you know them pretty well. You probably know them better than me. I've got Doug Gray from Red Leg Nation. Hello. And I've got Wick Terrell from The Red Reporter. Uh, hey, guys. I, I'm glad to be one of the uh, one of the three people on this call. I, I'm excited <laughs> for it. I'm excited you're here, too, because me and Jeff, we've... Uh... I don't know. I, I feel like we could we could interject a little bit more fun with that. But <laughs> how are you guys doing through all of this? I'm sure you're probably sick of your homes right now. Yeah, we were just talking a minute ago, right before hitting uh, uh, record, that the weather finally got good, which I know is an oxymoron for would be opening day <laughs> in Cincinnati Reds history. But um, it sounds like you guys are, are getting it as well. We've had it the last couple of days, like. I think that's the toughest part about all of this right now is that it feels like spring, like the perennials in the front yard have sprouted. My allergies have been God awful. It's been 68 degrees and beautiful outside. And that's, that's baseball. You know, the, the, the time change hit and it's now light until 715, 720 at night. Um, that's, that's baseball season. Yeah. And uh, to not have that around has been very, very strange because, uh, um, as you all obviously both know, because it's the same with you as well. Um, normally, this time of night right here is when it's it's busy time. It's my eyes have something to stare at and my fingers have something to write about. And, and to not have that, it's been a little bit strange. No, uh, no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the weather right now here in Cincinnati tomorrow. Uh, which would be Thursday. We're recording this on uh, on Wednesday night. So mm-hmm. uh, opening day, the high of 67, uh, no chance for rain. And, of course, we, we don't have baseball because, well, unfortunately, the world seems to be falling apart. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it's the most Cincinnati thing ever to have that weather and not be able to go play baseball. So I tell you, just between what the Reds have done and what the Bengals are currently doing and just knowing that it's all on paper right now and we're not even sure when that paper is going to be on the field. When when it comes to this whole hiatus, because it's obviously it affects everyone, every sport, every content creator, all this other stuff, but you guys really make a living on this sort of thing and, and me as well, the, 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 not having baseball – sucks yeah <laughs> yes I, I, I i've been keeping track of both the traffic and uh advertising revenue reports and uh yes this this sucks i'll just yeah. i'll just leave it at that yeah we got our uh our, our third week of march year over year numbers on uh i guess it was monday i don't I don't even know what day it is at this point or how many days ago Monday was. It was two days ago we got Monday the was seven decades ago. Yeah. Yes. Um, 
But I, I think we were down roughly like 61% year over year. And that's despite the fact that <laughs> the Reds have done everything they possibly could to give us as much things to write about um, right. over uh, that last year. So, yeah, it's weird. You know, it's weird because uh, obviously we're we're in a position where um, it's it's a nebulous time frame, too. Uh, you know, it'd be one thing if we just didn't have baseball for two months and you could just start recalibrating and and pushing everything back. But we don't know if it's. Uh, uh, a month, if it's three months, if it's going to happen, if it's going to happen in 100 games, if it's going to happen in 80 games, or if it's going to be 160 games going through Christmas, which I really hope it isn't. Um, but yeah, you know, it's 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 one of those things where, you know, obviously on the grand scheme and the grand scale, it's uh, about as unimportant as it could be. But for us, you know, it's just it's a it's a day to day routine thing that uh, I, I look up and realize that I look, I, I don't know what to do with my hands at certain times of the day because it's like this is the time I'm normally doing this. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's certainly, certainly strange. No doubt about it. And uh, I think that's the one thing that that I, I keep telling myself when I, I stare at my keyboard and don't know what to write about is that uh, there's going to be some bit of news that happens in the next day that's going to completely change how I think about when this is coming back and how it's going to look when it comes back. Um, and that's not linear either. You know, there's one thing that'll happen on Sunday that'll make me think, oh, well, maybe that means this is going to happen. And then the next bit of news is like, nope, that walk that back completely because neither one of those scenarios is going to happen. This is what we need to plan for. And then that one blows up too. So it's uh, it's been a, a very weird start stops uh, a, a cycle the last couple of days. No, no denying that. I mean, it hasn't been two weeks since they kind of suspended spring training. And like when we they haven't. We haven't even missed baseball yet. It doesn't, it's not even supposed to start till tomorrow, right? Yeah, well, you know? yeah. And, you know, that they initially pushed it back to, like, you know, the first week of April, which, it to me, it never seemed realistic that was an option anyways, but that's what right. they were saying. Yeah. And and then it's like, oh, in, in two weeks we've gone from, oh, we're going to delay it for two weeks to, yeah, we're probably not going to play until July at the earliest? Right. Uh, I don't know. I don't, it's <laughs> every day you, you see something new, um, you know, the, the the stories came out earlier today about you know what baseball and the players association are trying to come to an agreement with and i mean even they don't really have a good idea it's just like hey you know we we want to play as many games as possible um but we don't know when we can start so we can't really even make real decisions on this because if we're starting say mid-june that's going to be a lot different if we start in mid-july or august yeah. and, and so they, they don't even have a real clue they've got they're just going through 20 different plans and hoping that it's the best plan for, you know, if, if that's going to start. Right. And, and the annoying part about it is you're starting to see tweets about reporters talking that the negotiations as to whether this will count for service time or how they're going to figure that all out. It's just like, no, 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 no. It's just, just tell us when baseball is happening. Don't tell us about what will happen if there's no baseball. Cause I don't, I don't want to think about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's, sorry, yeah. I was gonna say that's the weirdest aspect about all this as well is that obviously the the, the looming post twenty twenty one collective bargaining agreement is kind of on the table in all this as well because right. so much of what what they decide and what they lean on and what they push hard for and what they ignore right now is just going to be brought up again in a year and so it's almost like that's you know that 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 looming cloud is kind of leaking its fingers into all the decisions they're going to be forced to make right now because obviously with contracts and service time and and massive payrolls and TV rights and rescheduling games and rebooking concerts and you know everything all of it is so there's so much money tied up in it and obviously you know the people that 
have the most control are going to make the most money off of it. But that doesn't mean they'd be flippant about their decisions. And so, yeah, it's like every last initial decision just has so much trickle down uh, that it's hard to even begin to figure out where the heck all this is going to go. The uh, Major League Baseball website's going to have all kinds of different old uh, opening day games for each team. Obviously, they're going to air a win for each team. And, and they've chosen for the Reds last year's opening day game, which, granted, I was there. That was a lot of fun. But if you could go back and choose any opening day, because presumably, I mean, a digital space, I figure they could pick any game they wanted to. But if you go back and pick any opening day game to show tomorrow on MLB.com, would it be last year's or what would it be? It wouldn't be last year's for me. Now, to be, I mean, I, I'm looking at the schedule right now. A lot of these games that they're showing aren't even opening day games. Uh, yeah, MLB, yeah. MLB Network is showing four opening day games. Uh, and then the Reds opening day game is being shown on the YouTube channel for MLB Vault. Yeah. I don't see any I don't see any other opening day games on the schedule. Uh, you know, like the, the White Sox are getting Mark Burley's perfect game. The Reds are getting last year's opening day game. I mean, oh, you know, yeah, they they kind of, they got the the Dietrich home run late that helped them come back and win. And then, yeah, that that's fine, but like it's not even the best opening day of like the last two decades. I mean, Joe Randa Right. Yes. Was, what was that? Is that 05? I'm pretty sure that was 05. 05 yeah. yeah. I mean, it, why not that game? And I mean, I guess if you're going to keep it to even to something like HD, which I mean, I'm not even I, I that had to be an HD somewhere in 2005, right? Like we're not that old, are we, guys? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. <laughs> every every day that goes by, it feels more and more like it, though. I swear. Um, but, no, but, I, I almost I almost wonder if it's because just how big opening day is for the Reds and for Cincinnati historically, that they went with a default opening day celebration kind of thing as opposed to uh, a, a different game. And, you know, sadly, I almost wonder if they picked this one because it's one of the few games in HD and recent memory that actually had a patch great American ballpark too, which is frustrating. Oh, but, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I guess what was it? Um, was it 20, 2011? That was Ramon Hernandez walk off. Yes. Yep. Is that right? Yeah. Cause it was there in between. Yeah, it was in between the good years, in between 2010 and, and 2012. <laughs> it was that yeah. year, huh? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's the one that I think initially jumped out at me because, um, obviously, the, the, the walk-off uh, nature of that. But, uh, yeah, it's been – it's weird. I, I was writing about it when I was thinking about it earlier today, just, like, where we were this time one year and roughly a week ago, like, before Scooter got hurt last year. And, like, Derek Dietrich wasn't even on the roster yet and was not guaranteed <laughs> he was going to be on there. And then all of a sudden – Boom, Scooter gets hurt. Boom, he gets a roster spot. And then first plate appearance as a red, just rock star status for the next two months. That's uh it seems like um much, much longer than, than a year ago. That's uh that's that's for sure right now. And I tell you, at least they didn't pick the Scott Feldman opening day. I mean, they could have done a lot worse. But uh, <laughs> I tell you, I mean, I, there there would have been riots somewhere over that <laughs> if they had made that decision. <laughs> oh. I I just think I mean it's really cool that they're doing this and you know they're trying to schedule it as a time that way you know all Reds fans can get together and watch it and presumably at least you know I don't know if you'd say bond but maybe kind of bond a little bit over social media about a game that already happened that we remember pretty vividly uh, would um 
what do you make of going back and looking at these different games? And would you have rather them, I don't know. I mean, the way that they've done it, the way that they've filled time with these older games and different things like that is kind of cool. But is that the way that you would have done it? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I've got mixed emotions about it. Um, you know, obviously it's it's cool to celebrate those kind of games. And, you know, we're talking about these games that we remember so vividly because those are the ones that had the big moment that, that you know, were on the big stage made us all kind of seared into our memory and be able to pull it up on file. Um, I think it was um, I think it was Craig Calcaterra, actually, uh, from the Hardball Talk. Um, who mentioned like yesterday when they first announced all this stuff that he's like, I almost would rather them show like a May 27th game between the Braves and the Brewers where it was like five, two. And I don't remember what happened because I could watch <laughs> that as if it was real baseball because I don't know everything. And I don't know exactly who pitched that day. I don't know uh, whether or not this was the day that you know ex reliever gave up the three home run or uh, threw a home run or if he, you know, struck out the side. I don't remember that particular game because it was nothing, you know, it was completely nondescript at that point. And I think that's the closest thing to actually watching real baseball <laughs> at this point, because watching these big games and these big moments, like we know what's going to happen. You know, it's like the movie you've seen 10 times before. So um, it's a, it's a little bit of a frustrating reminder of the fact that we don't have live baseball to watch. And I think obviously baseball more than any other sport is, is the everyday presence because they play, just so damn often, you know, it's, it's every day, it's 162 games. It's uh, an eight month season counting spring training. And um, it's the wake up and know that there's baseball. That's going to surprise you aspect of it. This is as much of a part that why we follow it as it is the big moments and the positive things that come out. And so, yeah, I, I have a mixed bag, mixed bag of emotions when it comes to that. Cause I want to get excited about these moments I know are happening. Uh, but it's also just that slap in the face that it's like, Oh, there's not real baseball today and there's not going to be real <laughs> baseball tomorrow. And maybe I would just be better like ignoring it until I know it's back. Yeah. I mean, you know, my first thought was, you know, sh show me one of Homer Bailey's no hitters. Like, yeah. I, I mean, that that's where I went. But then Wick mentioned, you know, just that random thing that Craig mentioned. And I'm like, okay, well, how about just give me like a, a, a random 2012 Johnny Cueto start or oh, man. just, 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 you know, a uh, middle of the season, you know, really good start, but you know, not one you totally remember either. I mean, they were all outstanding for what the last six years of his career here in Cincinnati, but right. you know, just, just one, you're not going to, it's not going to jump out to you like, Oh, the Reds won this game 10 to nothing. And Johnny Cueto threw, you know, a complete game shutout. Um, it, something that, you know, kind of gives you that feeling that you're kind of watching it live and you, you might remember a thing or two here or there, but you don't know the outcome of the game until the end. Uh, I, that, that's actually a, a really good idea. And we need to get on that. Who do we know? Who, who, yeah. who can we talk to? <laughs> the, the one aspect about all this that I do hope at least resonates a little bit beyond just this really weird uh, indefinite time uh, pause period we're in right now is that Major League Baseball realizes exactly the treasure trove and the vault of old games they have on file that literally with the click of a button, they can provide for everybody to watch. Yes. And they've been so arcane and draconian about releasing all that to anybody, uh, especially with blackout rules live and everything else, obviously, which you all know about, but it's one of those things where I hope that if we do pick up one thing from this going forward, it's that they get a lot more proactive, even when we do get real live baseball back uh, with giving us the opportunity to, to have a much more user-friendly and accessible experience reliving a lot of this old stuff. Because I think, uh, obviously, like we're realizing right now, tomorrow is the tip of the iceberg. Like They could do this every day, 24 hours a day, if they really wanted to. Um, and I think they have a treasure trove of stuff that a lot of us would tune into regularly to, uh, to catch up on. 
Absolutely. Like even the old, uh, the old timey home run derbies where it was one on one. Like I'd watch that all the time. Coming up, we're going to get into how Wick and Doug both got started doing what they're doing and the journey to where they are now. But before we do that, I want to ask you a question. Do you hate stepping on the scale? Maybe it's just because you haven't found the right one. Look, Withings was the first ever company to make a smart scale, and they're still the best at doing it. And when it comes to losing weight and being healthy, willpower is key, sure, but so is having the right stuff. Withings makes the Body Plus Body Composition Scale. It's a smart scale that whenever you step on it, it gets your weight, your weight trend, your full body composition, and even a weather report and sends it to your phone via the app. And on that app, it makes it easier for you to track your progress, check your health, and keep up with the weight loss. And now you can go to withings.com MLB to get 25% off the Withings Body Plus Body Composition Scale. That's W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S dot com slash M-L-B for 25% off the Body Plus Body Composition Scale by Withings. New game day shirt? Boom. Cash back. Food for the tailgate? Boom. Cash back. Even buying around can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. In sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the win, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Did I mention there are no fees, period? This one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. Wick, Doug, how did you guys get started and your journey to where you are now? Wick, you want to start this one out? Oh man, I'm uh, I'm I'm running back through the tapes. I'm running through my own uh, my own archive and vault right now, trying to figure it out. Um, so I started uh commenting and reading uh at RedReporter.com back in 2008. I want to say okay. uh, I had read Red Zone and had early read Red Leg Nation as well. Um. What really got me into kind of the transformative way I thought about baseball uh, was when our, our former fearless leader we refer to, uh, Joel Luckup, who's now uh, doing stats with, with Fox Sports Ohio, among the many things that he pulls off. Um, it's the way he wrote about the Reds that uh, really kind of got me back into being a more specific Reds baseball fan as opposed to a fan of baseball in general. Um, and I'd obviously I'd grown up a Reds fan. I grew up in Lexington. My dad's whole family's from Fort Thomas and Latonia and Covington over the river from Cincinnati and have been Reds fans for years. So I grew up being a fan, but I didn't grow up being a kind of a um, uh, an actively uh, learning fan more than just watching games. But that's kind of how I got into uh, participating in that. And it was through that, honestly. It was through just participating in – and uh, it sounds strange now, but uh, even, t- what, 12 years ago, uh, the comment section then was not what you think of the comment section <laughs> now. Um, there actually was pretty lively discussion there where, where I, I kind of learned a lot and, and learned that um, – you know, at the time I was working as a financial advisor, uh, I, I've, I've done several things in my life that, that were more career oriented than what I do now. But um, it kind of evolved into the fact that I felt like I knew I had a decent voice for it. And the more I learned, the more I realized I kind of wanted to help like 
right about that. And then that all kind of coincided with when uh, my girlfriend at the time and my now wife uh, moved to Colorado at the end of 2011 and uh, participating with Reds fans from afar kind of channeled me towards the internet. Like that was the one way that I knew I could tap into that audience still. Uh, Cause there, I mean, there are a couple Reds fans out here, but obviously I'm in Rockies country. Um, right. The ability to kind of participate and kind of tap back into that is what I, I really fed off of. And uh, that's, that took off. And obviously that coincided with a, a great run in Reds history. Um, I was interested in getting back into the Reds when Jay Bruce and Joey Votto and Johnny Cueto and, and Humber Bailey were all coming up and the Reds had a fantastic farm system and uh, looked to be, uh, jumping into being a good team again for the first time in forever. And obviously as we all three know that changed quickly after 2013, but um, <laughs> no, it's just, it's one of those things that I ever saw myself getting into, but uh, it, it's fun. And, and I like the, um, the, you never really know exactly when big news is going to happen, but you got to be ready for it kind of aspect of it. Uh, and it's something that, that I really, really enjoy doing. And I think that's the one aspect of it that I really kind of drilled down on, which was, you know, you can make more money doing things in other arenas and other avenues, but uh, I can get by doing this and it's actually what I enjoy doing. So here I am, you know. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll try and keep my story short, but uh, I'm not making any promises because it, it it goes way back, fellas. Um, we're going to go all the way back to 1998, if you can believe that. I was four, 14 years old. Um and, you know, I was I was really into, you know, BMX bikes and stuff like your typical 14 year old was, or at least all the 14 year olds I knew was. And you know, I was I was kind of a, a weird, nerdy kid. I mean, I wasn't really I was in, into computers, I guess, though. But I had this idea that why am I not taking pictures and videos and putting them on the Internet? And nobody else was doing that. And so I started doing that. And I created a website for just like the local Cincinnati scene for us teenage kids riding our BMX bikes, like a bunch of idiots now that I look back <laughs> on it, but, but, but it, it turned into something like it, it had a really big following and I probably did that for the next six years or so. Um, and then one day I absolutely destroyed my knee and needed multiple knee surgeries to, I mean, pretty much do normal activities. Like it's still not right all these years later, but that was in 2004 um, when I had my first surgery and, you know, I, I recovered from that. And when I got back to being able to ride around, it just, I, I wanted to just enjoy being on my bike. I didn't want to have to, you know, get out and take pictures and shoot videos. And then I just wanted to enjoy that aspect of my life again. Sure. Um, and so I was 20, 21, something like that around that time. And I hurt my knee again and I needed another surgery. And I was just, you know, I mean, if you've ever had your knee rebuilt, like it's it's a long process to get back to. I mean, even just walking around without crutches normally, it's probably three months or at least it was back then. Um, I, you know, I, I think they've made some some strides in that and uh, in, in how they work your rehab. And the, 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 the surgery itself isn't as invasive anymore. Um, but I mean, I spent months just kind of sitting around unable to really do much of anything. And I started thinking like, this, this isn't going to work. I've got to figure out what I want to do. And I'd, I'd been running a website, granted in a different kind for heck, six or seven years at that point. I was like, I want to write about baseball. Like that's what I grew up with. Like that was my passion was bikes and baseball. Well, the bikes thing, I didn't really want to do that anymore, but baseball was there. So I started looking around and, you know, this was 2006, 
I guess it was probably late 2005 uh, when I had the idea. So I started looking around, and I mean, I, I saw a few sites covering the big league Reds, and I just in my mind, I'm like, I can't really just jump in and compete with those guys right away. I was like, what about the farm system? Like, I collected baseball cards. I knew, you know, who the quote-unquote prospects were just because I collected baseball cards, and the prospect guys, you know, their cards were worth more than the regular guys if you were buying the rookie cards. And so I had a, a general idea of who the, the young prospects were. And, you know, at the time, the Reds had Homer Bailey and Jay Bruce was the big guy. And I was like, you know, there, maybe there's something here. So I was like, OK, let's do this. And I just jumped all in, you know, RedsMinorLeagues.com, registered it in January of 2006. And it was, it was a slow build. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> it probably took me five years before I was making any sort of halfway real money doing it uh i've worked part-time jobs to kind of help you know stay alive while while still doing that but uh eventually it grew into something that you know i was able to do full-time and traveled around the country like an idiot driving everywhere because i'm terrified of planes and (laughs) let let me let me tell you that drive to arizona is not fun from cincinnati it is not it's not it's not fun from Denver. <laughs> Three times now. It's it's fifteen hours from here. Yeah. Yeah, it is it's it's not fun from Denver because I've I've made that drive once. Uh, my, it's my, first, my, it's my first time really out to long. Arizona, yeah. uh, there was some storms in Texas. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna go north. And it took me through Colorado and Colorado almost killed me. Like <laughs> I got caught in the mountains in a blizzard that was not supposed to be happening. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, God, this is bad. I'm in a mountain. And it's like I I found one hotel. I don't even know how I got there. And they had one room left available in the hotel, like in the middle of this mountain in a blizzard. And I'm like, oh, dear God, this is this is so bad. This is so bad. So, yeah, been been there, done that, Wick. Uh, you're crazy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so. Nonetheless, I, you know, I, I did the whole minor league thing. I'm still doing the minor league thing, by the way, just in case anybody was curious. But, um, you know, I started writing over at Red Lake Nation I don't know, five or six years ago, just doing, you know, once a week things with the minor league side of things. And, you know, eventually Chad Dotson, who founded Red Lake Nation. Hi, Chad. I, <laughs> yes. Hi, hi, Chad. I'm sorry about what I wrote about you the other day, even though it was an all good fun. Um, but yeah, he kind of wanted to do some other things with his life. Uh, and he he kind of approached me to see if I was interested in taking over Red Lake Nation. And uh, it, it seemed like a good idea to me. So, I mean, I've been doing, you know, Red Lake Nation for, I don't know, 14 months now. And, uh, yeah, here we are. Hopefully that wasn't a long story. Yeah. I was just going to add, uh, we, we've always kind of treated Red Reporter as the, um, uh, the section in Great American Ballpark that, isn't actually in the ballpark, uh, but we try to treat it like that, which is which is just fan interest, you know, and um, and we want people to to sit with us, you know. That that's kind of how we've always treated it. And this is obviously me speaking, having come up through the comment section, and I've gotten to know I don't even know maybe 25, 30, 35 of the folks that uh, that have all participated in that over this last uh, uh, what twelve years now, I guess. Um, and the fact that I, I, I get to kind of, um, you know, hit publish on a lot of the articles that, that go out for it is really cool because it's, you know, it's my name on it, but it's 
Um, it's so many people that have contributed over the years and such a mindset of just kind of um, trying to enjoy ourselves and have fun. And obviously, as Cincinnati sports fans, you all know this as well. There's been a lot of um, uh, uh, anguish, frustration <laughs> over the years. And uh, we, we always try to, 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 to at least do our best to keep a little bit of a, a lighthearted attitude about it. And um, we like to think we can get stats heavy if we need to. Uh, but we also like to be a little bit fun and a little bit idiotic and you know, throw some sarcasm and, and and poke a little bit when we need to as well, because uh, as far as we can uh, uh, put together over the years, that's kind of how we would create our section in Great American. You know, we would poke fun at the front office every now and then. We'd, you know, we'd tell uh, the, the the right fielder that he's, uh, you know, he's dragging it that day, that kind of thing. Um, but also provide enough analysis here and there to suggest that this is what you can do to fix it, or this is what you've been doing awesomely over the last couple of years too. Um, that it really has kind of been that, uh, that group voice, that group think um, that, that's helped fuel where my writing ability and my spokesman, I guess, is the best way to describe it abilities come from too. And uh, it's definitely, definitely deeper than, than just me. It's been a, a, a very interesting and informative uh, decade plus of kind of working with a lot of the same folks over and over again and just learning the game by listening and kind of participating with them to that. And it's, uh, it's, it's been interesting. And, uh, the most frustrating part about it, I think is that 2020 sure looked like it was going to be the year where we kind of got back to having a chance to write about winning baseball again. And we got so geared up for that, that it's kind of weird to kind of backtrack into, uh, the shadows a little bit while we wait for it to come back. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a fun ride. It's certainly been a fun ride. Going to stop the chat right there. Make sure to tune in tomorrow for part two, the final part of my chat with Doug and Wick as we get into some more talk about this season. A couple of things that may be a concern for the Reds heading into 2020. I know we've talked a lot about the positives because there's been so many coming into 2020, but we focus on a couple of concerning things. and some more buffoonery because that's just the way we are anyway thanks so much for listening to the locked on reds podcast on here what would be opening day hopefully you guys have a great day today make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on all the many podcasting platforms follow me on twitter at jeff Carr with three f's and follow the show at locked on reds and save the locked on reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159 you know what Hit up the Locked On Reds line or, or hit me up on Twitter with just what your thoughts are today. I know that for all of us here at the Locked On Reds podcast and listening, we're all crazy Reds fans that love this team and would do anything for super passionate about it. And the fact that there is nothing going on today, I, I mean, I know it hurts me, so it's got to hurt you too. Let's talk about it, man. Hit me up on Twitter or on the Locked On Reds line and let me know. But that'll do it for today. Make sure you listen tomorrow for the conclusion of my chat with Wick and Doug. My name's Jeff Carr. This has been the Locked on Reds podcast. We'll see you then. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.